Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yes, indeed. Hour number two. That great feeling you get when the strings take over in the Curtis Mayfield song. Longhorn fans, that's the feeling you need to have today. 21 names, 21 up, 21 down, all signed in the 2023 class. We're talking National Signing Day. It's Chad and Zay on this Wednesday. Arch Manning, Anthony Hill, and every other name you wanted to see the word signed right by. Yep, it's all done. Plus, we're talking about Austin Novosad, the flip from Baylor to Oregon, one shade of green to the other, and that Oregon team just climbing the team rankings up into the top ten today. So we're going to talk to Justin Wells coming up about all of that. Also, speaking of late flips that people may have not expected, this Carlos Correa story is pretty wild. He ends up as a New York Met somehow. 12 years, $315 million. We told you yesterday late in the show, weird thing with the physical and the Giants. Some disagreement between the Giants and his people about a detail of the physical. And while that was going on, while that argument was happening, the Mets swoop back in and pick up where they left off, and they end up signing him. So if you are an Astros fan and you like following your, your former guys, Verlander and Correa, now both with the New York Mets. I wonder if the Verlander thing mattered to Carlos Correa. I wonder if they were talking at all during that it kind process. Of, Verlander doesn't have many years left. It kind of mattered. You're about to be there 12 more years. No, Carlos that's Co- you're right. That's true. Yeah. Uh, nah. Maybe the one or two. Not that that would have been the whole decision, but I don't know. Maybe it makes it a little easier. Yeah, Correa's trying to be the most popular shortstop in that area since Jeter. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Headed to New York now. That's a, talk about a huge change. Waco to Eugene is one thing, but you think you're going to San Francisco. Now you're ending up in New York. Yeah. That is the whole other side of the world. All right, so uh, all that going on, but obviously National Signing Day, a big part of it today. Let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline. We talk to him every Wednesday about this time. It's a super busy day for him, so I do appreciate the time. It's Justin Wells, Inside Texas, on 3.com, at Justin Wells 2424 on Twitter. Justin, I know this is a day where uh, you get to breathe uh, a little bit after after a lot of lead up. How we doing? You know, I, I think it's uh, it's it's been a waiting to exhale yeah. type of moment. And uh, we're, we're almost there. We're almost to, to the finish line. Uh, we still got a few more recruitments that we're following for Texas in, in the, the 23 cycle. But yeah, today is a culmination of a lot of years, a lot of relationships, a lot of sources, and a lot of content. All right, so before we get to those uh, those those kind of a few that may be left over that you're talking about in the 23 class, let's talk about these 21 names that are now signed after the linebacker from Hawaii, Lee Fowl, uh, did get signed to South uh, the South Oak Cliff kids did as well. Um, what is this 2023 class for you now that it is signed? How do you look at it? How do you describe it? What's the feel of this class for you? 
the thing, the two things really stand out about this group. One is the versatility. There is a there are a ton of athletes that can do a lot of different things, and and I think that that that's one of the most uh, important things to note about this this potential top five class. On the other side, there's a lot of winning in this in this group. These guys have seen a lot of football games and they've won a lot of titles, and so that to me. It, it, it shows that it, it, you're instilling – those are those mental evals. You're instilling a winning culture, uh, at, you know, in Texas. It start, continues to churn the roster, and, and this group is just fantastic top to bottom. I mean, there's really no weakness in it, to be totally honest. They maybe could have taken another defensive tackle. That remains to be seen. They could have potentially taken uh, another receiver. That remains to be seen. But right now, you know, top to bottom, it, it's just so – you know, stacked when you've got the number one quarterback, the number one running back, the number one linebacker, and potentially the number one, uh, one of the number one receivers in the country. It's it's hard to to beat something like that on a signing day. Yeah, this is a big time top five class for Steve Sarkeesian, and you know everybody knows about Arch Manning, Anthony Hill, Cedric Baxter, and even Jonte Cook. But let's talk about some of the other four and three star guys that you think can really develop and really be something here at the forty. Jay Wells, and let's start with Ryan Niblet, wide receiver out of Houston, five ten, four star. He's a track guy, and I want to say he played quarterback one season at his high school. What is he going to bring to the University of Texas? This is that's the Alleen Eisenhower product. Um, you know what's funny about his recruitment? Alabama was out in the lead early in that one. Uh, Nick Saban made a, a, a visited campus, offered him, and he he made a point to go see Niblet and not Jaquez Petaway, who was the other big time receiver in the class in that in that region. And he didn't go see him, and it, that really resonated with Niblet. And for the longest, Alabama was in it, and then Brennan Marion was hired. And that relationship started to blossom. And then out of nowhere, after the spring game, him and Trey Wisner commit to Texas. And it was, uh, it was somewhat of a surprise. And it, it just shows they got, the, you know, Niblet's a guy that sees the writing on the wall. He's just like Jonte. He sees this offense is so wide receiver friendly. And, and, and I think you can also see the potential of what this Texas offense can be from a passing standpoint. When you put more talent at receiver, when you when everyone grows a little bit older, you know Quinn gets another year under his belt. I think Niblet sees that, and also the opportunity. Uh, at the end of the day, he stuck he stuck with his commitment. There was a little bit of uh, people thought he was waffling a little bit at the end. I believe he took a, a visit to, to UH, but the chance to catch passes from Arch Manning was just too much to to, to literally pass up. And so Niblet's a guy that. You want speed on offense, you want speed at receiver, and you want speed in space. Ryan Niblett delivers all of it. Justin, speaking of uh, catching passes and catching passes from Arch Manning, uh, William Randall knows what that's already uh, all about at the tight end position. Zay and I were talking during the break about Spencer Shannon. Zay's really interested in him, too, the kid out of California, and I believe that's a modern-day kid. Talk about those two tight ends. Well, first, I, I don't think William Randall's been called William uh, in the two and a half years that I've known him. Um, that I'm sure that would be a little formal for him as well. Uh, but Will Randall's one of those kids. You know, people say that when Arch Manning committed uh, that last week of June, that it you know it jump started uh, the, the rest of the 23 class. Well, if you look at it, Randall actually committed four days before Arch did. 
So technically, I believe it was Randall that basically brought this class together, and that <laughs> needs to be known. He's 6'4", 220 pounds. Uh, Coach Nelson Stewart at Isidore Newman just gushes over him. Yeah, he's, he's really close friends with Arch Manning, but he also played both ways at Newman. A really good defensive end, real aggressive, incredible basketball player, really good in the post, great feet, soft hands, always opens the bank. Uh, you know, he's a guy that, that can do a little bit of everything, and his athleticism fits what Jeff Banks and these guys want. Originally, you know, they watched Arch Manning tape, and they kept seeing number 87 making plays, uh, you, know, looking, you know, looking really good for his size. And so once, I think once Jeff Banks got to know him, that, that recruitment was basically clinched. Then, of course, he, came, he comes on visits with Arch, and, and they have a good time. Uh, he's coming off a knee injury, and, and he's, gonna, you know, he's probably not going to be uh, any, you know, a contributor early. Uh, he, he'll have to deal with that. But, you know, Randall's a guy that's not going to get a lot of praise. You're not going to get a lot of publicity, not, not a lot of talk. But he's, he's quietly a really good tight end. And if he comes back healthy, this is a kid that's going to contribute. I mean, him and Manning have a really good connection. Uh, Spencer Shannon's a kid that if you would have told him four years ago he was going to play college football, he'd have laughed at you. He was a big-time baseball prospect coming into high school. Uh, big, tall kid. He's six seven now. Uh, can, can really chunk off the mound. After a season in football and baseball, he decided to make football his passion his passion he felt like he could get further with a football scholarship and so the pac-12 noticed pretty quickly especially at a place like modern day washington ucla oregon usc all involved at some point in his recruitment uh texas has some familiarity steve sarkeesian is very familiar with modern day and he knows a lot of those west coast kids and so after watching some tape of some other kids you start to notice this big tight end who can really move at six seven 230 pounds as soon as Spencer Shannon hit Austin, he knew it was going to be Texas. And after a few more, after one more visit, he commits. He's locked in. He's a guy that's probably more of your traditional inline tight end, whereas Randall can be a little bit more flexible and be a you know outside versatile type guy. Um, both good guys, both developmental guys, and both guys that don't have to play right now, which is big. They get to watch a Jatavian Sanders and a Gunner Helm. It's to me let them get in the strength and conditioning program, let them get healthy. That's when you'll see some development at that position. Jay Wells, it was just announced via social media that Wake Forest, former Wake Forest cornerback Gavin Holmes just committed to the University of Texas. I know he was in on a visit, and it seems like Steve Sarkeesian and Pete Kelsey just locked that up. Let Horn fans know about Gavin Holmes and what he's going to bring to the forty. Yeah, this kid, of course, I'd be on the phone doing this when that happens. No. Um, yeah, th- th- this kid is fantastic, man. He He's a guy that he's going to come in and be an immediate, uh, you know, somebody that you can rely on. They're losing some guys in the secondary. Uh, I, I'm obviously, you know, uh, Jamison's gone, but uh, Jameer Johnson, I thought, was going to provide pretty good depth. And, and, and he's a guy that, that hit the transfer portal. And so Holmes is one I think can come and slide in and play early and often. Uh, he's got competition with Terrence Brooks. Uh, you got Austin Jordan out there as well. And then, you know, Manny Muhammad's going to be coming in with the 2023 class in that first week in January. He's enrolling early. But Gavin Holmes can play immediately. Uh, he's, a, he's a Louisiana kid, too. You know, that he comes and he plays with a chip on his shoulder. 
those those kids, you know, they're a different kind of athlete. And I think Holmes is a, a tremendous add uh, for this Texas class. Justin, if the phone is ringing, let us know. You need to go, brother. Or are you good? <laughs> I know it- it's been ringing. Okay. It's been buzzing <laughs> off my head. Oh my god! Uh, real quick, um, and and maybe Gavin was a name you would have told me a couple minutes ago. But you mentioned some other things that you're still kind of watching in the 23 class. You said receiver as well. What else are you kind of watching uh, for the rest of today? And you know, maybe it's I don't know if it goes all the way to February. But what would you tell Longhorn fans about a couple other things? Two players I would watch uh, either today or over the next few days. Uh, Tassilia Kana, the edge out of uh, Lehigh, Utah, Sky Ridge High School. His sister uh, just won a, a national championship on the volleyball team at Texas. Uh, he's going to be announcing at 3 o'clock. Uh, we, we like the position Texas is in, but it's, it's kind of hard to read right now. I, I think it's, it's trending UT, uh, but we'll, we'll know more in a couple hours. And then DeAndre Moore, wide receiver out of St. John Bosco, out there in California, former OU commit. Uh, was close to USC for a while, took an official visit to Georgia in October, uh, but, but kept coming back to Texas, was here last weekend, really enjoyed the visit. He's a kid that uh, it looks like he may not sign today. He may not make an announcement today, but he's one that we're watching closely because Texas is in a really good spot there too. It's going to be interesting to see how that one plays out. So those are two that are definitely ones uh, to, to look forward to or come see us at, at InsideTexas.com. I thought the Horns also did a really good job, Jay Wells, on securing two big-time secondary players in Derek Williams Jr. and Malik Muhammad. Derek Williams Jr., I heard he was on the fence a little bit, so it was really nice to see uh, Texas lock that up. Can you tell me about both of those guys? Derek Williams, he's better known as the Raptor. The Raptor. Um, <laughs> this kid is just, he plays with an edge. He's watching, he's thinking, he's calculating, and he's taking a- angles, and, 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 and this he just tracks and smacks, essentially. Derek Williams is what this secondary, is really what the safety room needed athletic-wise. They needed an injection of a, of a high-end elite athlete, and that's what Derek Williams brings. And that's why I think Williams could potentially play early uh, next year. It'll be all, you know, how quickly he gets the system down. Derek, is, he's a kid also that played running back, wide receiver, cornerback, kick return, punt return. He did a little bit of everything for Westgate down in New Iberia, Louisiana. He's a kid that 99 times out of 100 goes to LSU. Because nobody keeps in-state talent in-state better than Louisiana and LSU. Terry Joseph and, and Coach PK and Sark, those guys deserve a lot of credit. They went in and took this guy. He committed about five or six days, I believe, after, maybe even closer after Arch Manning did. Both of those kids, guys know each other. Uh, that was part of their, part of their little deal, uh, you know, the boot up uh, to Austin. And, I, you know, Williams is one of those. That's a great get. It's just a really good get at a hard position of need of athleticism. Talking with Justin Muhammad. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. I, I didn't forgot you hadn't hit Muhammad. Go ahead. Yeah, just Muhammad. Man, just glides, flips his hips, incredible feet. But acts like a professional. You know, he's all, he trains like a professional. He knows he's an, a man of the island. He knows the premium. That a six foot one, one hundred and eighty five pounder can 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 offer on the cor- at cornerback. Malik's a kid that I think you're going to also see play early. I just posted a story uh, before we went on air about you know a handful of guys that I think could contribute early from this class. Manny Muhammad's one of them. 
He had a game-defining pick six in the state championship uh, last weekend uh, for South Oak Cliff, and, and it, was, it was huge because it allowed them to, to really gain momentum in the second half, take a two-score lead, and, and, and a stretch that to a back-to-back state championship for South Oak Cliff. Uh, Manny Muhammad is a pro, and he's ready to come to Texas and, and play like such. Uh, I, I think he does play early, but it, it's going to come at a premium. I'm, I'm t- what you can tell with Muhammad now is that the cornerback position is going to be highly competitive. There are a lot of guys that are going to be clamoring for those two starting spots and potentially you know, three and four in the rotation because there's some serious talent there right now, and Manny Muhammad is, is one of the best already. Talking with Justin Wells of Inside Texas. Uh, Justin, Big 12 perspective here. Pull out a little bit. This Austin Novosad story surprised a lot of folks this morning. Talk about the flip from Baylor to Oregon and how big a deal it is uh, on both sides. If you knew Oregon was getting involved, nothing should have surprised you. Nothing. Yeah. In the NIL era, and the, and, and the fact they just believe they just lost their quarterback commit, Dante Moore, to, to UCLA. The fact that Oregon was involved should have clinched all belief. Uh, Dan, Dan Lanning is doing one hell of a job today. Let's put it that way. Uh, Oregon, I don't even know how, where they were ranked before this day started, but I know they're probably somewhere close to the top ten now. Um, they're playing on another level right now in some regards. And uh, they have no shame about it. And you know what? That's the way it is right now. And so uh, get that kid credit. You know, he, he earned the opportunity to go out there and, and play at an absolutely beautiful school, beautiful campus, um, you know, state-of-the-art everything. That's why kids always like to take visits up there. It, it, it's like a palace. And, and at the end of the day, you know, he'll get those opportunities to throw the ball. He's got to wait for Dr. Bo Nix who's going to come back mm-hmm. for another year, and I feel like he's going to, he's going to have his doctorate by the time he's done. Um, that's why I call him Dr. Bo. <laughs> but, you know, he'll, play, he'll be ready to, to, to redshirt, and he can play right after. You know, he can play up in, in that next level. And, you know, give the kid credit. He earned, he earned the right to make these decisions. It's a beat down on, for Baylor. I mean, that one's going to burn, burn for a while. But at the end of the day, like I said, once Oregon gets involved, things change. <laughs> yeah, Phil Knight, he's just throwing money around, especially uh, Christmas time. There's a lot of Nikes being bought around Christmas time. Please believe me. Jay Wells, let me ask you this. The Horn signed a few old linemen today. Who are you most excited about coming in? That's easy. Jaden Chapman. Mm. Oh, I love this kid. 6'4, 6'5, about 285, 290. He's a dancing bear. Great feet, great hands, great balance, slides former basketball player. They got some hoopers in that family. Great family uh, from Harker Heights, uh, four-star. Texas was his first offer. One of his next offers was Alabama, and they put on a pretty good pursuit as well. But Texas built a really good relationship. Kyle Flood did a good job with Chapman, and, and he, you know, he, he, he called it Texas pretty early. Uh, Chapman's the guy on the – and listen, all of them have – so much developmental talent. Connor Stroh is ginormous. Um, Trevor Goosby can do a 360 at 6'6", 340 pounds. Oh, man. Uh, you know, uh, like, like some of these guys, are, they've got uh, Andre Kojo is incredible. He, he was the district MVP at offensive line. Hmm. 
Tojo can do it as well. And so it, there's a, there's a, a really strong group there. And at the end of and Peyton Kirkland can't forget him from Orlando. He's a guy that that's friends with Cedric Baxter. He'll come in as well. But Jaden Chapman's probably my favorite. That's the one that uh, on the right learning curve he has the highest ceiling. That is Justin Wells inside Texas on three dot com at Justin Wells two four two four on Twitter. Justin, appreciate the time, man. We'll let you get back to it. We'll save the cowboy stuff for next time. Enjoy the rest of signing day. Take a breath, get some rest. We'll hit you next week. Hey, real quick, yeah, Carlos Correa, that contract. Don't forget, he's playing third base now, oh. and that contract might be the worst contract. <laughs> I've ever seen in professional baseball. If the Mets think they're going to get five years out of Carlos Correa, I've got some property, Lakeside, Arizona. It's just not happening. I, that is the worst contract. If you're an Astros fan, you are giddy as hell right now. <laughs> hey, it's the Mets, man. They need something after the Bobby Bonilla money runs out. That's just what they do. <laughs> Hey, they have a prospect in Brett Beatty. I think you may recognize right. his name. Yep. He's, a third, he's one of their top prospects at third base. Now, he's coming off an injury. But even in that small time of him playing, Brett Beatty's the future at third base for the Mets. And they just spent $300 million to regress that. Good luck. That's crazy. Yeah. Justin, we appreciate it, man. Have a Thanks, good one. Jay Wells. Nothing but love. Good stuff there. Nice, interesting, uh, interesting comment on Correa on the way out. Yeah, that's a. They did screw my man Beatty out of Lake Travis. I didn't even think about that. I forgot that about angle. that. It's a weird story, man. And plus, I didn't think Carlos Correa was jumping the third hot corner. That's, yeah. that's a little different. I didn't realize that either. That's a yeah. little different Thank, than shortstop. Uh-huh. Thanks to Justin for throwing that in at the end. All right, coming up, we'll get you a Flex 30 segment. Austin Novaside, he's still going to wear green, but he's going to do it out on the West Coast. We'll talk about that. Some of the other local names uh, that are signing today as well. Uh, and then, uh, coming up at 145, it's where we at in society. Zay will let us know. We are rolling through this Wednesday. Signing day Wednesday. Longhorns get 21 names signed on the dotted line, plus there's a transfer to add to the discussion. We'll tell you who he is next on The Horn. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Come this time each year Ooh. Well, way up north where the air gets cold There's a tale about Christmas that you've all been told And a real famous cat all dressed up in red And he spends the whole year working out in his sled It's the Little Saint Nick the These guys Saint couldn't make him feel cold if they tried there's no way. You always feel warm when you hear them. The Beach Boys. That's right. All right, I know it's about Santa. What's this one called? Uh, Little Saint Nick. Little Saint Nick. Okay. 
Uh, the Beach Boys, Solomon Burke, great song from the late uh, 60s, and Bon Jovi all singing some Christmas tunes for you today. Hope you're having a good one. Chad and Zay with you on this Wednesday, National Signing Day, uh, the big focus for us today, and we've got an update on that Longhorn class coming right up. There was, uh, for some, it's a name I had not heard about. Zay said he'd heard a little bit about it as we let up. We'll get you, uh, we'll get you that because there is a transfer now that has become uh, a part of the discussion today. Uh, but the Longhorns got everything signed that they needed, and uh, we'll get you more on that. Let's remind you about basketball today and tonight. Coming up here in just about 15 minutes, it is the pregame for Texas, uh, the Texas women against HCU. They will go 2 o'clock over on 105.3 The Bat. And then tonight at 7, it's Texas and Louisiana. Zay told you a little bit about Jordan Brown earlier, the 6'11 forward. Uh, I'm sure we'll mention him uh, at least one more time today before uh, the show is over. Could be a tough one tonight for Texas, dealing with a guy of that kind of size. Averaging right about 20 a game? Yeah, right about right? 20. They got a couple other guys that are averaging around 14, 13 a game. And yeah, this is going to be another test for Coach Terry in this third game, taking over for Chris Beard and, you know, Chad, the Horns, they played I against Stanford, winning by 10. You know, I, I love the way Timmy Allen played. It seems like he's coming along because at one point of the season, we were kind of worried about, man, is he really going to get going? Well, he's definitely got going. And talking to uh, Justin, not Justin, well, Joe Cook the other day, mm-hmm. he's right right about Tyrese Hunter. Tyrese Hunter has had a minor setback, whether it's the thigh contusion or the cramps that he's had. He hasn't been playing as well as we thought he would be playing consistently. And, you know, Joe Cook was right, too. He's a young guy. He's just a sophomore. You look at Timmy Allen, Christian Bishop, Marcus Carr, all those guys are like six-year seniors. So they've played a lot of ball. You know, love the way Marcus Carr played against Stanford. He's been really good off the dribble, just creating in his own shot those 20 pounds that he lost has clearly helped and yeah just trying to stay consistent taking care of all these wins before big 12 play because they count that those net rankings when the committee gets together in march and decide where you're going to be placed they're going to look at games like louisiana and games like rice and you know it doesn't matter they don't care what happened to your coach you know they're worried about what you do on the court because everybody's going through something in their own respective way so yeah yeah, I, I, you got to take care of games like tonight because we know when Big 12 play starts, it's going to get real. If you're wondering, Louisiana 10-1 and one on the year, and they are they ain't playing nobody. first in the Sun Belt for yeah, whatever, they've, that, they whatever that matters. Uh, and uh, it is 20 points a game for Jordan, uh, Jordan Brown. We will see what it looks like tonight in that one. All right, uh, let's get into the flex segment. We'll get you a little bit on the Texas class and the big local flip everybody's talking about. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right, lots of uh, lots of signing day stuff today, as you would imagine, and everything has really gone um, to script 
for the Longhorns this morning and this afternoon. It was just a matter of when were a couple of guys going to have their, you know, their events at the school. Specifically, the South Oak Cliff uh, kids had a noon start for that, so you weren't going to see that super early this morning. But when the time came for Billy Walton and Malik Muhammad, the state champions, uh, they did decide to sign on the dotted line for Texas. The linebacker Lee Fowl out of uh, Hawaii was the last guy to sign uh, among the main group, but ultimately all the guys you want to hear about signed. Arch Manning got it started this morning, Anthony Hill, and then it just rolled from there. Colton Vosick, Cedric Baxter, uh, no issues there with him ending up at a Florida school, even though he's a Florida guy. Um, he is headed to Texas as well. John Tay Cook and Wisner from DeSoto. Uh, we've been talking throughout the day, Zay, about this class, offensive line talent, defensive talent. Um, Justin Wells of Inside Texas said maybe you could have added a defensive tackle to it, but there's a lot of talent and in a lot of different spots in yeah, this group. the Horns might have to go through the transfer portal to get that D-tackle slash nose tackle type of guy because, you know, we know this past year, Keandre Coburn, he had a hell of a year, and so did Moral Ordromo. Both of those guys probably going to do some things in the NFL. But, yeah, I would like to see another D-tackle too, but you got to like what you got. Top five rated uh, class, that's what you need year after year. This is the mm-hmm. University of Texas. you got some pretty damn good resources too. It should be cranking them out year after year, top five, no matter what. So very impressed with this class. You mentioned Cedric Baxter Jr. I don't think people realize he's like 6'1". 215, 220. Like, Bijan Robinson's leaving. I'm not going to compare him to Bijan Robinson. We ain't going to give him that type of pressure when he first gets here, but he's the best running back in this class. And those are some pretty good measurements there. Yeah. I, I, I like that, especially coming in as a high school guy. I don't know if he needs to pack on any more weight. He's probably good, just, you know, has to tone up a little bit, get some of that high school, you know, bad weight off and put that college good weight on. So, yeah, don't. Those guys, Jaden Blue, Jonathan Brooks, Keelan Robinson, those guys, they're still going to have to bring their A game because even though Roshan is gone and Bijan is gone, there's still guys coming in through this class. We mentioned Trey Wisner, but I don't really look at Trey Wisner as a running back. I look at him as a do-it-all, just put the ball in his hands type of guy. He mm-hmm. he kind of reminds me more of Keelan Robinson than anybody, just because you could do a lot with Keelan Robinson. But I think Trey Weiser could be more of a wide receiver, too. We saw him in the state championship game against Vandergrift, have a couple 50-yard passes and took one to the house so he could do some things as a wide receiver even though he's listed as a tailback and yeah Steve Sarkeesian and this coaching staff hell of a job for this class obviously if you're looking for uh, information on signing day we would direct you to horns247.com coming up we'll talk to Chip Brown of horns247.com shout out to our guy Jeff Howe light the tower Uh, of course they do great work with Roach and uh, Mike Roach and Hudson Standish and uh, and the recruiting stuff that they do. Jeff keyed us in earlier on this Gavin Holmes story. If it's a name you don't know, I'll be honest, it's a name I didn't know. Uh, Zay had heard a little bit about a visit that he had made to Texas recently. This is a transfer um, that is looking for a new home from Wake Forest. Uh, A defensive back from Wake. He is uh, listed here as a sophomore, so I guess that means two more years of uh, 
of eligibility. Zay, I'm seeing 17 solo tackles, nine pass defense, uh, a forced fumble this year. Gavin Holmes, 5'11", 175 out of New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we talk about those Louisiana guys. They could really go, and this is Steve Sarkeesian, his coaching staff, hitting the transfer portal hard and bringing a high-quality guy into the 40. Now, we know you know how I feel about the ACC, Chad. Uh-huh. Ain't like there's some I do. Cra- ain't like there's some crazy juggernauts there, but I do think this is a good get at a spot where, okay. like Jay Wells just told us, it's going to be very competitive next year. You know whether that's the nickel spot or the two uh, outside spots. You know you got Deshaun Jamison leaving. Anthony Cook, I'm pretty sure he's got one of those spots locked up. So on that other side, whether it's going to be Terrence Brooks or one of these new guys, we mentioned Malik Muhammad earlier out of South Oak Cliff, Gavin Holmes coming in to see what he could do. Yeah, you need all the help that you could get in the secondary because that was the Achilles heel for the Horns this year. 24 total tackles for him. I'd love to tell you you could watch him in the Gasparilla Bowl against Missouri, but yeah, that's not going to happen on the 23rd. He He will not be playing for them. But you watch the game though, Wake and Missouri coming up on the 23rd. Uh, the other big signing day story around these parts today, especially when we talk about flex, our all, one of our all-flex finalists at quarterback was Austin Novosad of Dripping Springs. You know we've been following his story throughout the season. An incredibly talented quarterback, and until just the last couple days, he had been committed to Baylor, but in the last week or so, some some circumstances changed. Oregon loses a big-time quarterback commit to uh, UCLA arrival. They need to fill a spot in their mind behind Bo Nix. Of course, Bo says he's coming back. So now Austin Novosad takes a visit over the weekend, and today he signs, and he's headed to Eugene. So if you're laying it out, if everything lays out the way they want it to, Bo Nix comes back, Austin Novosad gets a chance to sit for a year, chill out, Learn the position, learn Eugene, learn the the culture out there, Zay, and then maybe as a sophomore, um, you know he's he's battling for the job and trying to get it as a, as a second year guy. So from the from the perspective of what he's going to want to do and how he's going to want to showcase himself, I think Austin Novus I've made a pretty good choice here. Oh, I think he made an amazing choice. Look at. The NFL quarterback, the best NFL quarterback representing the Oregon Ducks right now, and that's Justin Herbert for the Los Angeles Chargers. Austin Novosad, he has a little bit of Herbert in him. Like, mm. Herbert's not a yeah. rah-rah guy. He's kind of quiet, but you know he's a dog deep down. And Austin Novosad, you know, he understands the NILs that he could pull up there in Eugene. He understands, you know, Phil Knight and the talent that they're getting, all the flips that they had. You know, even with them losing, it's – it's crazy. You lose a big-time five-star quarterback to UCLA, yet you flip like three other guys, and you might be even better yeah. with that loss from that big-time uh, quarterback going to UCLA. They, now they got guys in the secondary and got edge rushers and stuff. Yeah, you got to give a lot of credit to Dan Lanning and – for the Austin Nova side, bringing him in, you got to show love to Will Stein, who yeah. recruited Austin Nova side very hard at UTSA. Uh, he was, I want to say, he was with Hudson Card at Lake Travis, so people kind of thought that that might be a Hudson Card way to go. Maybe he, he might go to Eugene. I don't think that's going to happen now, but who knows? You know, We'll see. But at the end of the day... I, you keep on recruiting these guys until they sign on the dotted line because until then, it's free game. We're in the new era of recruiting, yeah. and with 
NIL and the transfer portal, we're going to see more stuff like this for years to come. Yeah, quick rise for Will Stein. I'd forgotten. 15 to 17, he's at Texas. Quality control. Then Lake Travis, 18 and 19. 2021 UTSA, getting started there. Wide receivers coach. uh, And then co-OC and quarterback coach this past year at UTSA. That relationship, like you said, had started early on. And obviously UTSA was a school. um, They were one of the ones interested in Austin Nova. They showed him some of that early love along with Baylor, and now he is the OC and quarterbacks coach at Oregon. So when you're looking at all the things that happened, we mentioned the player part of it with the kid, uh, the kid, you know, deciding to flip to UCLA. The Will Stein thing, uh, like Zay's been bringing up today, it is huge to mention. Yeah, they for say, the relationship part. They say Coach Stein and Novosad's family are tight. Okay, there you go. And that's the thing. Now, you know, everything's been redefined for him in the last few days. Home was going to be Waco and going, you know, the folks are going to be able to go to from Drip to Waco. Now it's how do you get from Drip to Eugene, Oregon for all that Nike Drip? Because there's a <laughs> lot of it out there. And frankly, Dave Aranda, if we got him, you know, if we sat him down and just put the truth serum in him, he'd probably tell us, like, look, there's just certain things we can't compete with. Yeah, There are. There's certain things we can't compete with here at Baylor. When you're talking about Baylor, we weren't even talking about an Oregon-level NIL team yet. Like, oh, if you want to say Ohio State's a pretty big dog there, yeah, they are. With what A&M's done the last couple years, the fact that they showed interest, we can talk about it. But we all realize when Oregon gets said out loud, that is a different level at the NIL. In the NIL world right now, you know, uh, and, and as far as some of those other schools, I think Miami's being talked about. Oh, Miami's like third in that same realm right now in terms of NIL. Miami is third in team rankings right yeah. now after Bama and Georgia, and then Texas is fourth. But dude, when you say when you say Oregon and nowadays in college football, I think we all know what that means. So, well, well think about when Novosad most likely will be taking snaps at Oregon to where he would have been taking snaps at Baylor because Buchanan's still there, so he probably would have been the starter this uh, upcoming season. But look at the shape of the Big 12 and the Pac-12 and how much different they're going to look as mm-hmm. of right now to when Novosad starts playing. Do you want to be your rival to be Texas Tech and now you're playing U of H and Cincinnati, like Austin BYU, yeah, BYU. Austin right. like he sees that. That's not as appealing as being the top dog in the Pac-12. Even right. with USC and UCLA going to the Big, they'll 10, say two big names leave. Those but big, you're the top dog in the Pac-12, along with Washington, Utah. You know, I guess a little bit of Arizona, but still, mm-hmm. Oregon State. They look a lot better. And who knows what will be in the Pac-12. Maybe San Diego State will jump in there later on. I don't know. Don't forget about Dion. That's right. Dion's Buffaloes. That's right. <laughs> it's going to be Novosad against Dion at yeah, some point. Yeah, Dion Sanders and his eight toes. And, <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, Boulder, Colorado. So, yeah, the Pac-12 is popping right now. Oh, really interesting stuff there. So, best to Austin Novosad uh, going out to Oregon. And all the best to you Baylor Bear fans today because that's a crusher. There's no other way to say it. That is a tough, tough recruiting loss on signing day. But you have the coach 
and the culture and the program to overcome that. Dave Aranda is on to his next challenge, and I'm sure Baylor will still be a damn good football team moving forward. Up next, it's where we at in society. Zay will let us know. We'll get back to the uh, signing day discussion at 2.05 with Chip Brown of Horns247.com, the flagship podcast, The Morning Brew. They're covering it like nobody else over there at Horns247.com. Go check them out today. They've got that composite ranking where they put everybody's rankings together and get you the average. Go check that out today at Horns247.com if you really want to know where the Longhorn team ranks. Stay with us. It's the Horn. Hope you're getting ready for Christmas. Hope you're having a good week. Cold outside, about to get colder. Be ready for the end of the week. It is going to get real, real cold for about three or four days in the Austin area. So hope you are safe and warm uh, this holiday season. All right, Zay, should I recognize this? Uh, Yes and no. It's not a... It's not immediately hitting me here. Group or a single artist? Group. A group, Ugh. old like an old school group, newer group. Uh, I'm in the middle. Where are we going? Boy like, band era. You going to the '90s and getting me here? Boy band era. Boy band era. That's the biggest hint I could give you. It's too peppy to be boys to men. Wow. It's not that. <laughs> Wait a minute. Right. It's too like. It's too. I don't think it has enough soul for boys to men. Well, that's yeah. too, right. Too, I mean, too, it has a little bit of soul in it. Too poppy is what I mean. There it is. It's, yes. too, poppy it's too poppy to be them. Um, I don't know. Insane. Shut up. Yeah. Really? This is like their classic Christmas oh, song. Oh wow! All millennial woman women swear on this song. See, when you said boy band, I should have just gone with either Backstreet or, or them. And yeah. Just tried to get the guests out of the way. In sync with a Christmas tune for us, Beach Boys, Solomon Burke, Bon Jovi have all been a part of it today. Uh, shout out to one of our listeners who tweeted at me the uh, an angle of the Dak throw to Noah Brown in overtime <laughs> from behind the Cowboys. Okay. And the tweet is, I don't understand how people are blaming Dak for this throw. I even slowed it down for these yahoos. When so many of the top teams in this league take the field with multiple high-end talents at receiver, the Cowboys have a bunch of thirds uh, thirds and fourths at receiver behind Lamb. An issue. And you can definitely tell that's an eye in the sky doesn't lie. I cannot believe Dak got the ball to that spot with how awkward he let it go. I, he yo, was doing some that, that little side the dance turbulence to his, that he had to to his left. It's nuts. And where he puts it there, yes, obviously throughout the week we have definitely mentioned that. Um, at first, yo, gl- at first glance, when you see uh, one of those early replays, you might want to throw a little bit of that. A little bit of it on Dak. When you see it from behind, there's no way. He's, it, Brown's got to catch that ball. You could argue. Go look at Dak Prescott's interceptions this season, which is way too high for any type of quarterback. Yeah, I don't have that, that much time. Super Bowl aspirations. But if you go look. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> if you go look. <laughs> 
maybe five out was he have eleven? Five out of eleven. I don't think we're his fault. Yeah. They're yeah. like in guys' hands. They might have been low, they might have been high. But like one of our specs texters said, which is completely true, this is the National Football League. Once it hits your hands, you gotta make that catch. Yeah. If you're an NFL wide receiver, you have to make certain you do. catches. And yeah, sometimes those guys, those wide receivers slash tight ends, they'll fumble around them hands and go into the opposing teams. And that's not all on deck. No, we all know how it works though. When you're a when you're a quarterback, they hook all of it onto you. They hook the interceptions, the wins, the losses. It's yeah. all it all gets hooked onto oh, we you. We heard Steve Sarkeesian say that after every presser when you were had a bad love game. That one. <laughs> That's what Steve Sarkeesian would say. Hey, too much all, blame. Too much too blame. Much get all the love when we do, the team does well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is that is true. And there's some other stuff, but that's true too. Uh, so a uh, lot of football on the board today. We'll get back to the signing day discussion and some other Longhorn stuff with Chip Brown of Horns247.com coming up. Longhorns getting ready for the bowl game against Washington. Signing day today. Basketball coming up tonight against Louisiana. We'll ask Chip about all of that. Right now, though, where are we at in society? Let's see what Zay's got today. Where are we at in society today? All right, Zay, what are we thinking today? Ah, another media person in the wrong. Mm. Yesterday we had the Giovanni Bernard situation where the media was a little, little cruel and unprofessional towards him. But Giovanni Bernard, he was a little unprofessional himself. But this one is completely the media team's fault and it was a guy that used to hoop that was an nba player Uh doing this ignorant talk and that was wally zerbiak you remember wally zerbiak wally Wally world miami of ohio he had Mm -hmm. that legendary march madness run what's it what 99 or oh geez i can't remember the exact year like late 90s then went on to play with kevin garnett and was kind of overrated for the Minnesota Timberwolves teams was a big reason why they would lose to the Lakers and the Spurs all the time because he couldn't guard me. So, wow. oh yeah, Wally was the huge reason why they never got over the hump in Minnesota. But now Wally is a media guy for the New York Knicks TV crew. And the Knicks played the Pacers the other night. And listen to Wally go in on Tyrese Halliburton, which he's completely out the wrong. Okay. A one-point game, an awful possession by the Pacers. And I don't know what Grimes is thinking here. You don't stop in the coffin corner unless you're planning to call a timeout. Mm-hmm. I was screaming at the TV, call a timeout, call a timeout, call a timeout. So we got one-point game, 18 seconds left. Step back. Mr. Supposed wannabe fake all-star with the big miss Whoa. there. And then the rebound by Randall. And then Randall iced the game with all the free throws. Last chance down three for the... Want to be all-star. Let me keep it that way. He's Whoa. in his second year. He's a very good player. He's not going to make the all-star team. A guy like Julius Randle or Jalen Brunson will make it over Tyrese Halliburton. Wow. Tonight we saw why. Yeah. Oh, it's his third year? Third year, yeah. Yes, you're right. Okay. right. But, but um, just an- Yeah. That was three times. Three times. Saying it once, you could tell he thought he was being cute, but then he re he re-racked it, and then he threw in the supplementary third version. Like, was Wally like, I don't like Tyrese Halliburton because he has a weird last name like me, and he's better than me? Is that just kind of how salty he is? I I I don't understand it. Very unprofessional. And Wally, come on, you're a former player. You wouldn't want people going at your head like this, especially other former players. Yeah, there was just no need. That was a little pile on. I'm not sure why he felt the need to uh, to pile on there. By the way. Nice memory from you. 99. You're absolutely 99. right. Yeah, I felt right. 99 draft. He was the sixth overall pick. Oh, my gosh. Did you hear what I just said? 
Minnesota. Wally Zerbiak was the sixth pick in the draft. Yo, he had everybody fooled. What he was doing in March Madness, like, he was 6'9". He was shooting pull-ups from like 30 feet out. And during that era, nobody was doing stuff like that, uh-huh. getting buckets. But he was a mid-major guy. He dominated mid-major basketball, a la Ste- Adam Morrison. Steph Curry was a mid-major guy. Oh, way different. Way different. I wanted to see if I could make you make noises. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, I, I don't appreciate that. Look, Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, they are having good seasons. The New York Knicks, they've been on a roll. I want to say they've won seven straight. So going into the Christmas game, they you actually is worth watching Knicks basketball because they play that early-ass game since they're on East Coast time. But don't disrespect Tyrese Halliburton. The man's averaging 20 and 11. He leads the league in assists. Yeah. Like 20. And 11. That sounds like all starish material. Yeah, it's pretty all starish. Okay, here's what I think happened. This was one of those where I think someone bet him he wouldn't say it on the air. I think he was having the discussion. <laughs> they were drinking a little bit. Wally said, Oh, he's a pretend all star. He's a pretend all pro, blah, blah, whatever. And they're like, You won't say that on TV tomorrow night. Yes, I will. You make sure you listen. Maybe that's what it was. Yo, Tyrese Halliburton used to give the horns problems when he was at Iowa State. Yeah. Like, he's a 6'6 Andre Miller. Like, you remember Andre Miller played for Utah Utes, yeah. those teams? Yeah, like, yeah. you know, is not the most athletic, has a very awkward shot, but gets buckets and can really pass. And at 6'6, he's a matchup nightmare. So, yeah, I don't appreciate what Wally said. And Matt Barnes, he definitely didn't appreciate what Wally said. I would have played that, but we would have got kicked off air the way he cursed out and called Wally a punk ass, this and that. So, did Barnes get after Now, Barnes wasn't on set with him, was he? No, Barnes. But separately and, on social and media, Barnes, he got after yes, him. Yes, and okay. Barnes is on the Sacramento Kings team. My Barnes, he does a lot when yeah. it comes to NBA media. He has his show with Steven Jackson, which is terrific up in smoke. So I, I love listening to Matt Barnes and listening to him talk. But he can't stand what Wally Zerbiak said. And then yeah, he has every right to feel that way. Wally was tripping. I'm particularly offended by what he said because I think Tyrese Halliburton is one of the greatest names we've had in oh, basketball it's an incredible name. in the last 10 years. It's so perfect. Yeah. It's just so perfect. I don't even want to know what his middle name is because it might ruin it. It might ruin it all. <laughs> but his first and last name are so good. Uh, and I'm glad you brought up those numbers, too. Yeah, it just feels like he's being a little unfair there. All right, two straight days of media cruelty from Zay. We call it like we see it around here. Zay's just calling it like he sees it. And where are we at in society? Sometimes the media needs to get hit, too. Up next, it is a, it's back to the Longhorn Talk, and the signed, sealed, and delivered class is in. We'll get Chip Brown's thoughts on it from Horns247.com. Go check out their uh, collective rankings, if you will, uh, uh, those, um, the, what is the word I'm looking for? What do they call the rankings? The composite. There it is. The composite rankings at horns247.com. We'll check in with Chip on exactly where the Longhorns are ranking right now. Are they going to get up towards that top three status? We'll find out next on the Horn.